you have a church, stay where you are. If you don't, stay where you are. Every day, 10 o'clock, every Sunday, 10 o'clock here, every midweek service, uh, 6.30. Be continuing to share this uh, Wednesday. I encourage you to come on the authority of the believer, message that changed my life and the weather will be good. Glory to God. Well, let's make our confession. Are you ready? I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Let's give the Lord a hand for that one. And now the oldie but the goodie. It never gets really out of date on this one. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbors you're seated. It is just that simple. Hallelujah. For you visitors, we have a book for you in the bookstore. Make the best of the rest of your life. God has a great plan for you. Pamela Ann, anything you want to share before you leave the platform? Nothing at all? Pam had a busy day yesterday. Glory to God. Wedding down in Indianapolis, funeral service that night, and hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to, uh, we're going to start with Proverbs chapter 23, but what we're going to be talking about today is the tremendous importance of thinking. Everybody say, the tremendous importance of thinking. How many of you have ever fit this category? You did something that, oh, that's good. Your hands are up already. Yeah. Uh, based on what I'm about to say. Uh, you did something that just really turned out to be kind of bizarre. And then you ask yourself, what was I thinking? Can I see your hands? How many of you, or have you ever said that to somebody? What, what, what were you thinking? Well, I'll tell you what you were thinking. You were thinking exactly what you did. Everything that you do proceeds from what you think. It may not be original thinking from you. You may entertain somebody else's thinking, but you eat, breathe, talk, act based on your thoughts. That's the way God made you. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, God made you to live by thinking. Now, we're going to talk about how he really wants you to think. But we've got to cue in on really what and how are we made to live with the authority and the power and the dominion that God wants us to have. You can plug into the way God has made you to think, or you can plug in to the world system that's out there. And I believe one of the reasons the devil is really so active today with marijuana and with drugs and with opioids and all this kind of junk is because he's always wanted the thought process of our children. He's always wanted the thought process of the youth. And when you've got youth with a strong mind, strong families, strong educational system, they're hard to penetrate if it's really focused on the Lord. But if you get that off-center, and you get that focus on a lie, and there's no problem with this marijuana, it's just a little bit of a high and all. Uh, what, it, what it is, it's a gateway drug to control the mind. 
And that's why so many people that get on marijuana, uh, you, if you've got a child on marijuana, we'll pray for you, but, 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 but it is a gateway drug to the devil. Now, I know people will contradict me and say, oh, no, 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 I do that, and I'm okay. No, you're not okay. You're under the influence of the demonic forces, and you're not okay. And so what, the, see, the devil has always wanted our thought process. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, the devil's always wanted your thought process. And every one of us, at one time or another, succumbed to it. We know that. And that's why we felt so horrible about ourselves. That's why we ended up feeling shameful and everything when we were confronted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank God he set us free. But when we look back at where we'd been and what we'd done, we felt so bad about it because it's the things that we did that we know that we really did. But when you understand that the enemy is always after your thoughts. In the Garden of Eden, you know the story. We talked about it Wednesday night. But man was placed upon this earth to fellowship with God. And he was the three-part perfect being just like Jesus. Adam was the first Jesus. And Jesus was referred to as the second Adam. And we were perfect in every way. And God said, you can say and do anything you want and think just like me and be just like me. You're created in my image and you have total dominion over the entire earth. But... Don't do this one thing. And here comes the devil. And the devil was under the power and authority and dominion of man. Powers and principalities were under the authority of man and Adam and Eve. And the devil came and he started to question the thought process that Adam and Eve had. Did God really say and today, the devil is doing the same thing. Did God really say, well, what about this? How many of you know? You don't even need to raise your hand, so turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to be able to relax here. <laughs> but how many of you know that there are times you do something, you're glad nobody else knows you did, or you say something, or you're involved in doing something, and you know, you know, you're doing the wrong thing. It is not the problem of the devil. It is not the problem of powers and principalities. It's not the problem of uh, people. You are thinking the wrong thing. And when you think the wrong thing, you do the wrong thing. Well, I would never do that in my right mind. Everything that you do is because you think, and then you do it. It's getting real quiet in here, isn't it? Turn to your neighbor and say, you think, and then you do. As a matter of fact, this is the way we're made. We think, we speak, we act. Sometimes we get so emotionally charged, we think and we act. We don't even bother to speak. We just think something and we do it. But that's the way we live our entire life. Proverbs 23.7 basically says that's the way we're created. As a man thinks, so is he. As I think, so am I. As you think, so are you. So what we need to understand is the power of thinking. How do I think right? How do I do what God wants me to do? And how do I live in this world understanding how should I think because the devil is after your thoughts? Your thoughts are so important that that's what happened back in the 50s 
uh, early 50s, really, uh, sometime, not, not the beginning of television, but pretty close to it, right, not too far afterwards, when television started to become predominant and uh, some of the large corporations found out what subliminal advertising will do, things that will flash before your eyes. They'll penetrate into your mind and they'll penetrate and start to control your thought process. And you'll be walking through a grocery store and you'll see something on the, on the shelf and you'll be drawn to it to get it because something had flashed on your TV set that you, don't even, you didn't even see with your eye, but it picked up with your brain. That's a lot of what happens when, uh, when opiates and drugs and stuff like that get into the brain. The brain opens up to receive things that in a right mind a person wouldn't receive, but they come in. Well, they finally outlawed it because what it was doing was controlling a group of people to purchase a product that they didn't even want. Now, it may be getting a little bit deep in here right now, but they outlawed that. Folks, I believe that's what the devil's doing constantly. He is, the, he is in this world, and he is subliminally advertising his product everywhere that you go. But there's good news. Everybody said there's good news. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and that if we will plug into God's thoughts, it will change our life. My life was changed when I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I learned something out there that I never knew that I could ask God what he thinks, and he would tell me. Now, it's so basic. Everybody say, this is basic stuff. Tell your neighbors, say, you're going to be able to get it. This, this is so basic. When we were out there in Tulsa, I would hear Billy Joe say this all the time. All you have to do, I didn't even know the Word of God. I didn't even know the Word of God. I was just starting a Bible school. He said, all you got to do is ask God what he thinks, and he'll tell you. God will never, and you've heard me say this a lot in this church, God will never not tell you what he thinks and what he wants you to know. God will never not tell you, never. And, and just ask God what he thinks. And so I'm out there, I'm just novice, and I'm just young enough in the Lord to think, well, that sounds pretty easy. God, what do you think? And guess what? I started hearing what God thought. And it was awesome. It was really awesome. I couldn't wrap my mind around it, but I could hear what he thought. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you have that same ability. <laughs> but it must become a habit that before you start to make your decisions, before you start to open your mouth and talk, before you start to respond to situations and circumstances, you go to a higher source and you begin to talk to him. Isaiah chapter 55 is so powerful. It says that God's ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. How many of you found out that's true? It's like, God, I didn't think that would happen. I, God, I, that's not the way I would have done it. Yeah, that's exactly right. But what he wants us to know is what his thoughts thought. Then it goes on to say in verse number 10, uh, 10 here it comes. A little slow, but it's coming. Give our sound people a hand. For as the, whoop, wait, I, wait a minute. We're, we're way off here. Go to Isaiah 50. 5.8 here. I think we got off just a little bit. 55.8. Here we go. For, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there, but waters the earth, 
and makes it bring forth and bud, that it will give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It will not return to me void. It will accomplish what I please. It will prosper in the thing which I send it. Everybody say, God's thoughts, God's thoughts. Brings, prosperity. brings prosperity. Now, let's look in Jeremiah 29. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and give you a hope. Call upon me, go and pray, and I will listen to you. Now, what God wants us to do is to come to him and say, God, what do you think? And this is the entire message today. I pray you'll never forget. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm never, ever going to forget this. Continually ask God, God, what do you think? Let's practice. God, what do you think? God, what do you think? How many of you have decisions to make right now? Can I see your hands? You can make it with or without God. You've come long enough now. You can appropriate the word of God that may or may not be what God wants you to operate on for the thing you're facing. By that, what I mean is this. You ask God, God, what do you think? And God tells you. Or you just pick a word out of here to cover what you want to do and do it on your own and believing that that will work in your case. And you might say, now, wait a minute. You mean to tell me I just can't take a word and use? I'm telling you, you need the current manna of God in everything that you do. You need to take what God is speaking for you to do and cover that. When I asked God what to do, when Pam and I met and got married, God said, go to Tulsa and you'll find the meaning of your life. That was God's thought for my life to open the door for the rest of my life. When you know what God is thinking about you specifically, you will get that into your spirit and then you will know what the will of God is for the current thing that you're facing. In other words, God, what are you wanting me to think about this situation now? What is it that you think? See, God wants to establish our thoughts. Tell your neighbor, God wants to establish your thoughts. He wants you to think the way he thinks. If I went, now Pam and I, I mean, maybe a little bit silly example, but I never care where I eat. It doesn't matter to me at all. My wife says it probably doesn't matter to her, but I know that's not true. She has places she likes. So I know it's not true that she'll go anywhere because when we first got married, I'd pick out a few places. She said, well, I really like this place over here. It didn't take me long to realize, and I don't care where I eat. So I will always go to her when it's time to come. Do I not do that all the time? And, 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 and she'll say to me, why don't you pick a place? And I say, okay, honey, White Castle. And she'll never go with me to White Castle. We've been married 30-some years, and I've never seen my wife in White Castle. I still like those things. But anyway, but, but, but anyway, you can't make a face. You've never had one, have you? Have you had a White Castle? I had a bite. A bite. See, you, you had a good morning bite. You got to get in it. And uh, how many White Castle fans do we have? Oh, my God, look around. Look around. Look around. 
Pam and I, Pam, <laughs> Pam and I stopped, well, Laura was with us, Pam and I stopped with all the kids going to Tulsa one time in that big old land cruiser we had, or not land cruiser, whatever it was, and we stopped at a White Castle and got uh, 50, 50 hamburgers. By the time we got to Tulsa, that car was really rancid. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. But, but the point I'm trying to make is this, that if I, if I ask her what she thinks, I know, and now I'm ready to go. But if I don't know what God thinks, all I'm doing is spouting off what I've downloaded. I may or may not be right. I'm amazed at how many people speak so quickly about what they think. Now, this is a key to the way I operate, and it works for me. Everybody tell, just tell your neighbor, it works for him. <laughs> I like to hear what people think, but that's not my big concern. My concern is what God thinks. I like to hear what people think based on whether or not these people are hearing from God or whether they just tell me what's in the top of their head. Sometimes when things happen and I'll see people respond, I think, how can they open their mouth and talk so fast? They can't possibly hear from God. They're just telling me what they think about a situation. I want to know what they think God thinks. And you can't know that without asking God. And there is a way that God gave us that if you'll do this as a discipline in your life, it'll change your whole life. It'll change your whole life. And it's called, it's, it's, it's found in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. It is one of the most powerful scriptures in the entire Bible. The book of Proverbs is awesome on finding out what God thinks. But in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, it says, If you will commit your life work to the Lord, your thoughts will be established. Now, when I got to Tulsa and I started doing this, I truly astounded myself. Now, I don't mean that to be prideful, but I thought, this is really good. I didn't know if this is really God, but I know what I'm hearing when I say, God, what do you think? I remember one time we're sitting in a meeting with Pastor Doherty and, and with a, a bunch of other the leaders of the church. We met with them once a week, and we were uh, uh, just do planning. And, and uh, at that particular time, we had to move out of the Maybe Center where our Sunday services were and move up to Christ's chapel. Now, if you live the life I'm telling you to live, you will not be popular with everybody. Turn to your neighbor and say, I could care less anyway. This is not a popularity contest. This is not a pop, but a lot of people are. Their big concern is how other people think, so they go through life never expressing really what they need to express to be who they're called to be and influence people. And uh, I know I can influence people. Sometimes they don't like me, but. The only thing that really matters is if I like myself. Turn to your neighbor and say, can you really get that? What other people think about you cannot be your barometer or it'll affect you. You've got to like yourself. You've got to really love yourself the way God said. Love your man, fellow man as yourself. And uh, so anyway, things were really going good for me. And uh, so we're sitting in this meeting and, and God was opening doors for me on staff there and I was friends with all the people. and. And so Billy Joe said, this Sunday, this coming, no, two weeks from now, on Sunday, we're going to have to leave the Maybe Center. 
And at that time, we had a congregation of about four or 5,000 people. And uh, that church was, what, when we got there, about 1,000? It grew to 5,000 just when we got there. And uh, <laughs> Billy Joe's not here to hear this. No, it was a wrap. It was, the church was really growing. And so as the, during the course of the meeting, uh, uh, the, uh, one of the people there that really and truly, he was my boss, and he said, uh, we're, we're going to be moving in two weeks up to Christ Chapel, and it's always uh, real difficult when we announce it to the people. We have uh, less attendance that shows up, and, and so we just, we're not going to tell the people. We just When they all show up, we'll have bands, and up in Christ Chapel, you have to go up a large hill there to Roberts University. It's more difficult to get to, and especially for some of the older people. And uh, so we're not going to tell them, but when they get there, we'll have the signs up so everything will be all set. shouldn't affect our attendance. And, the other guys said, no, yeah, they, that's right, that's right. Now, by now, I am learning not to listen to other people and download what they say. I am learning to ask God. And that sometimes you can do it verbally out, out loud, or you, you, don't, you can just do it to yourself. And I'm sitting there thinking, God, what do you think about this? And God told me what he thought about it. And it got all the way around. Everybody shared. I hadn't shared a word. Got back to Village Joe, and he says, so you all think that we just should do it you know, the way he said? I said, yeah. He just sat there and looked at me and said, Bill, you haven't said anything. I said, well, whatever everybody thinks, whatever you think. He says, no, I want to know what you think. I said, well, I think we're responding to fear. And that <coughs> anyone who responds to fear is going the wrong direction. And that we trust God for the attendance, not, not telling our people. Is a it was more silent than it is right here now. <laughs> Total silence. All of my friends, who used to be my friends, who had just expressed themselves, were staring daggers at me. They liked me just a few minutes ago, and now they're staring at me. And I'm sitting there, and it seemed like eternity, but it was probably only a few seconds. Billy Joe's just staring. It got, got weird, huh? absolutely right that's God we will tell our people we will put it in the bulletin we'll trust God decision made well the meeting ended very shortly after that and the looks that I had from all of my former friends <laughs> still hadn't changed a bit so I left before all of them I went to the elevator Pastor Billy Joe had left earlier uh, I thought he'd already left, and he but instead, when I was standing at the elevator, he came out of the restroom, and he came out. Now, this sounds prideful. I don't mean it to be, but I trust myself to hear from God. I trust myself. I trust what I hear. It's a tremendous confidence. Now, you might say, don't you ever make mistakes? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. I do. But I'm not focusing on the mistake. I'm focusing upon what I hear from God. And he came out and stood beside me, and I thought, I wonder how he really feels. And he looked at me, and he said, I appreciate the fact that you are bold enough to tell me what you hear. From that moment on, it was building up to that moment, but there was a closeness, never fellowship. I never spent much time with Billy Joe. 
But there was a koinonia in the spirit that he knew he could trust me to tell him what I was hearing God say and vice versa. There are a lot of people that are listening to people that they shouldn't be listening to. And their constant source is what somebody else thinks. And you're hanging out with them all the time. And their influence is constantly, spiritually, coming in and causing you confliction up here. You all know who I'm talking about. You don't have to raise your hand. You can nod your head. Every head should probably be nodding right about now. There are people that you can't listen to. You need to listen to what the spirit of the living God is telling you. And if you have a habit of constantly asking God, God, what do you think about this thing? It will absolutely change your life. Now, I want to give you a couple of scriptures that go along with this message. <clears throat> Romans 8 and Romans 12. Now, they're scriptures that you hear me share all the time in this church. Romans 8.5 says that we are to develop and let flow a spiritual mindset. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Folks, there are so many people in the body of Christ that I read about. Charisma Magazine, other magazines, people even this church who I'll talk to sometimes from time to time. None of you. Turn to your neighbor and say, none of us. <laughs> They sat there in my office. This had just happened the other day. person sitting there in my office, and he said, yeah, would you really counsel me? I said, yeah, what, you know, what's your problem? He tells me. I said, do you know what to do? Yeah. Well, what are you supposed to do? He told me. Is he going to do it? I said, I, I don't know. I'm trying to clean up what I thought. <laughs> it's just like this righteous indignation. It's like, you know what to do, and you're not going to do it, and you want me to help you. Only one of us needs to stay ignorant. It's not going to be me. Uh, Paul said, I desire you not be stupid. That's 1 Corinthians 11. I desire you not be stupid. Now look at it. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds. In other words, you, you say, oh, the devil made me. How many of you remember Flip Wilson? Yeah. Oh, the devil made me do it. The devil can't make you do anything. Everybody say this like you mean it. The devil can't make me do anything. You're a child of God. You have power, authority, and dominion. You're created in the image of Almighty God. Those who live according to the flesh, they're thinking that way. That's what they're doing. They're doing things they shouldn't be doing. I guarantee you, there are people here today, you know you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. And you're distancing yourself from God. God loves you, but God is not pleased with you. And there are some people who say, no, no, righteousness says God is pleased with me. We're going to read on what it says about being pleased. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Now, let's stop here just for a moment. It doesn't mean you don't want to do what you're thinking about doing. Yeah, I want to do that. But I know it's wrong. I know it's of the flesh, so I'm going to discipline myself to focus on the things of the Spirit. And with my thoughts in my mind, I'm not going to do that, even though everything inside me wants to do it. You know, and I've told the story in my book and all, I used to drink Cuddy Sark and soda before I was saved. Oh, glory to God. I saw a sign for that the other day. 
I could taste the cutty starch and soda. I wonder, I even told Pam, I said, I wonder what it tastes like. It's been, I haven't had one in 30 or 40 years. I wonder what it tastes like. You know what my mind felt like doing? What my thoughts, my body. Now, if somebody could come up to me and say, hey, how about a joint? Never had one, don't have a desire for one. Always wonder what it felt like, but I've never had one. But I know this, it'll separate me from the things of God. Look at what it says here. And those who live according to the Spirit, but, but to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. In other words, you're starting to die in your body because the carnal mind is enmity against God. In other words, when you're doing those things, you are actually coming against God for it is not subject to the law, nor indeed can it be. Look at this. This is for those in the body of Christ who are moving the wrong direction. So those then who have a flesh mindset or a mindset that is in contrary to the word of God, they can't please God. You know yourself that God loves us. Everybody say, God loves me. God. Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. God loves you. He, he loves you no matter what you do. But if you're going to be pleasing to God, you're going to walk by faith in doing what God told you to do. Faith is doing what God has shown you to do, and without walking by faith and craving the things of God, you can't be pleasing to God, which is Hebrews 11.6. Now, that doesn't mean we're down here doing some kind of performance just so God will be pleased, but it means that I care so much about God that the first thing I'm going to do is seek God. See, powers and principalities and darkness and thoughts that are contrary to the will of God have no power in our life if we're walking according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. Now, what we've got to do, Romans 8, 14, the sons and daughters of God are to be led by the Holy Spirit. Romans 12, 1 and 2, you hear me quote this scripture all the time in this church, but it is the foundation for everything. Present yourself, your body, as a sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is just your reasonable service. It's just part of being a Christian. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How often does your mind have to be renewed? Every moment of every day. You are one thought away from something to pull you away from the things of God. The devil is trying to bombard you with thoughts. Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. If you will think for yourself, based on the way God thinks, there will not be room for random thought. How many of you know, does that make sense to you? If it makes sense, just give me your hand, you know. Okay, in other words, I'm going to think for myself. I'm getting up this morning. Now, you know as well as I do, your mind will start thinking without you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You just get up and brrr, I get up in the morning. I got right now, uh, Dan, you put me onto this. Uh, uh, I can see clearly now uh, the song we ended a couple of weeks ago. Dan told me after the first service, I don't know, six months ago or whatever, he said, I downloaded that thing and I listened to that thing in my car. And I thought, wow, I got an alarm clock and I don't even like the name of an alarm clock. I don't even use an alarm clock, but I have one next to my bed. And it's one of those automatic things. And I thought, wow, I put that CD in there. I can see clearly now. Now when it's time to get up, I can see clearly. And all of a sudden, it's like I feel it going through my whole body. It's like I'm ready for the day. Used to be I'm wiping away and thinking, no, nah, I don't want to get up or whatever. So, so now it, it's what we actually do to focus our mind and think. When you start to think, this is the day the Lord has made, I shall rejoice. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm going to think this over and over and over and over again. 
I think, now this is me personally, I think, have you, how many of you have seen Rain Man? I, I'd be kind of like that in the realm of the Spirit. I just repeat things over and over again inside, internally. Sometimes Pam will say to me, did you not hear what they just said? No, <laughs> I wasn't even listening to them. I'm listening to me. I'm listening to what I'm thinking. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I am the head, not the tail. I have the mind of Christ. I'm blessed coming. I'm blessed going. What did you say? Excuse me, that's an interruption. I don't know. I, I turned the wrong direction. I don't really care. It was a good-looking road. You just get into a vein and a flow of the Spirit. You're happy all the time. It's better than... <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's really good stuff. It's good stuff. We're high on the Word of God. The Holy Spirit's here. I feel chills. I feel chills right now. I feel chills right now. It's like, wow, this is a great day. I'm really pumped up. We're going places. Whoa, hallelujah, man. Joshua 1.8. God spoke to Joshua. Joshua didn't have this Bible. Joshua had to hear from the Spirit of God. And he's a leader, and he didn't have a Bible. And Joshua has to hear from the Spirit of God. You're now the leader, Joshua. You're going in to take Jericho, and I'm going to tell you what the key is for the rest of your life. Can't wait to hear it, God. What is it? You meditate the Word of God day and night, and you will always have prosperity and success. Always. How many of you want prosperity and success all of the days the rest of your life? Meditate the Word of God. He didn't have that word to meditate. He didn't know other than what God said. He was hearing God speak to him how to take the promised land. He had God's thoughts coming into him. And God told him exactly how to take Jericho. He gave him every single thought that he had need of, right down to the last moment when the wall would fall. He had God's thoughts. You have operated the same way. Time and time again, God, what do you think? That settles the issue. What do you think? That settles the issue. Only to turn around and do something else down the road on your own. You're in good company. Joshua is my hero in the Old Covenant. Joshua was awesome. Joshua did exactly what God said. He learned to be a servant first. He learned how to serve authority, and then he was put into authority. And he had the first battle out with all these battle-hardy men, and, and they did it a way that nobody would ever thought of, but he'd heard from God. He knew what God thought, so now it's what Joshua thought, and Joshua commanded based on what he thought because he knew it was what God thought, and the victory was theirs at Jericho. So now it's time to go into the second victory. And Joshua's got a bunch of people around him. All of you got a bunch of people around you. And whether you know it or not, they are not consciously trying to influence you, but what they're saying is telling you always what they think. Yeah, I think this. Well, I think this. Well, I think this. Well, I think this. Well, I think this. And m many times they open their mouth before they ever think to seek after God. And what happens is by the spirit of the enemy, you are influenced by everything you let come in your ears. And what you see, you're influenced by those things. And that's why you just can't hang out with everybody. And Joshua's hanging out with his fighting men. And it's time to go into the first battle of Ai. And Joshua is listening to his people. And his people are giving him input. And they know they, he did, Joshua didn't know there was sin in a camp because of Achan, but there was sin in a camp in addition to that. But now Joshua, who knows to seek 
what God's will is and to seek what God thinks, now he's listening to the people around him because he surrounded himself with people. And they said, hey, our people are tired. Our people are really tired. So we don't need to send a bunch of them up to this battle of Ai. Just send a few of them up. The people up there, are, they're, they're not tough. They're not strong. And when you study Joshua 6, 7, and 8, it's a powerful, powerful scripture on how a man knew what to do to meditate the word of God day and night, plug into God, and then didn't do it. He did it first off, and then he let go of it. And he went up to battle, and they lost the battle. They got beat uh, severely and came running down the mountain. Joshua cried out to God. And this is where I think a lot of people are in the body of Christ. They're crying out to God. God, what's the problem? What's the problem? And we're not doing what God told us to do. We're not positioned where God wanted us to be positioned. And God will show you. Say, God, what do you think about this? And God will say, I think it's wrong. I think you're doing the wrong thing. I remember standing out there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at Rhema Bible Training Center with Pam. I did not want to come back to Lafayette, Indiana. I knew God wanted me to come back here. I did not want to come back. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Maybe not about that situation, but situations in your own life. And I remember standing there, and, and, and I remember starting to cry afterward. First of all, I wanted to beat up my wife because she would not listen to me. She would not listen to me to go to Indianapolis or go to anywhere else. She just would look at me and say, whatever you think, honey, whatever you think, whatever you think, honey. And, uh, and I knew I was thinking wrong. I knew I was thinking wrong. How many of you know, know when you're thinking wrong? I knew I was thinking wrong. Matthias went out there, and I, and I, I haven't cried yet. Uh, I said, God, I really want to do whatever you want me to do. He said, well, I want you to go to Lafayette. But if you don't, you can stay here with Billy Joe. And you'll be all right. But I will get somebody else to do what I've called you to do. Man, I started crying. I said, God. I don't want anybody else to do what you assigned me to do. I want to be in the center of your will. And that's when we made the decision to go. So I know what it's like to go against your flesh and against your unrenewed mind and against carnality. And everything inside you says, I want to do this. But I know I can't because I've got discipline in my life. If there's one thing that I see missing in the body of Christ, it's a discipline. When people sit back there in my office and tell me what they're supposed to do and they're not going to do it, it's like, <laughs> there truly is no hope for you. <laughs> if you're not going to do what God's called you to do, you're going to suffer the consequences. Well, I don't want to. Well, change what you're doing. It isn't rocket science. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, it's not rocket science. <laughs> We're living in a pampered generation of snowflakes. Please don't do anything that makes me do something I don't want to do. Oh, my God, I have to be careful now. This is when the profanity starts to come out. I have to be very careful. I just lose it. What? You don't want to discipline yourself? No, and I don't want to be disciplined either. See, what a case for the devil. Now, enough of that. <laughs> Joshua finally came to his senses, and he cried out to God. What did God say? You got sin in the camp. You didn't consult me. You didn't get rid of the sin. You didn't talk to me about what my plan was and what I thought about the battle. You just listened to those people around you. Now get up. Told them to get up. Get up. Shake it off. Listen to me. Get my plan. Hear what I think. And you're going to be successful. 
And from that point on, Joshua never failed to listen to God, hear from God, because he learned from his mistakes. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell him, if we learn from all of our mistakes, you should be brilliant. <laughs> if, you if you learn from all your mistakes, you should be brilliant by now. Okay, now we're going to do this real quickly because I want us to take up an offering for Justin. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 says the devil walks, or I mean 1 Peter 5, 8, says the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy and that we resist them steadfast in the faith. In other words, what does God think about this? 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 says, Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of darkness that try to rule against us. I said that scripture all wrong. For the weapons of warfare, casting down every argument, every high thing. Listen, <laughs> Sandy, I'm sorry. Go back to the beginning on 2 Corinthians. <laughs> but for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds and casting down every argument and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity of the obedience of Christ. This is how he missed it. Go back, Sandy. This is how we missed it in the Garden of Eden. The devil is free to come against you. The devil is free to say things. I don't know how it works that way. He's just free to wander around. That's why he walks about, seeing who, came, who he made destroy. But, uh, destroy. but it says we cast down every thought, everything that comes against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And this is so powerful right here. And being ready to punish. Everybody say punish. You need to punish your disobedience. You need to punish that disobedience. Punish all disobedience when... Your obedience is fulfilled. You can't punish disobedience being disobedient. You can't punish disobedience placating the carnality of your mind, saying, well, I just feel like this. I have it. No, no, no. You need to punish your disobedience. And when you do that by being obedient, you will do what is the right thing. This is not a feel-good type of life. That I, How I feel doesn't matter. What matters is what does God think. Matter of fact, let's say this. How I feel, How I feel. Is, irrelevant. is irrelevant. All that matters, All that matters. Is, what is what God thinks. And then you will feel good doing what God's called you to do. You'll feel good once you fulfill it. But you've got to be disciplined to the orders and the command from the commander-in-chief. When we do that, we will walk in the fullness of time. James chapter 4, verse 7 says this. This sums up the whole message. Submit to God. Resist the devil, he will flee. You say, well, I did that, and he came back. Oh, yes, he will, again and again and again and again. He is either attacking you right now, or he is fleeing from you to regroup and reattack. It's the way it's going to be from now on. Well, my life is just, my mind is just, it's because you're thinking wrong. You do not have a bad mind. But I say, I don't have a bad mind. You have the mind of Christ, and the mind of Christ is victorious. The mind of Christ casts down the things of the devil, and the mind of Christ doesn't say, well, I just had a defeat from the uh, an attack from the devil, and he left, and now he's coming back again. Yes, yes, and yes. He'll come back constantly to attack you. Get used to it. You have the victory. You can repel the attack, submit to God, resist the devil. He will flee. It's just that easy for you and me. That's not part of the scripture. Okay, let's give the Lord a hand.
Ushers, get the offering buckets and get ready to go. I want to pray for all of you who would say, you know your mind's screwed up. Because, that's not a bad confession. Sometimes you need a jump start. You can have a battery on a car, and the battery's okay, but somebody let it run down, and you need to give it a jump, and then that alternator will kick in, and it'll recharge itself, and it'll be okay. But sometimes you just need to, to get a little bit of a jump start. Let's all stand for a minute. How many of you would say you could use a jump start with your mind? Get them up there real high. Now, believers, look around. Uh, well, maybe we all need to take hands. <laughs> Grab the hand of that person. Grab the hand of that person next to you. <laughs> and we're going to pray for each other here. Because I believe this is the jump start Sunday. It's like, hey, I got the mind of Christ. I can do this. Let's all say, I can do this. Uh, Father, I pray for every person here today. I believe that we can have fun and joy and laughter because the joy of the Lord is our strength. But I believe the most important thing is that we do understand we are involved in warfare. And it is spiritual warfare, and it is going on like we've never seen it before. But I believe there are so many people, even in the body of Christ, they don't know it. They're, they're busy being busy. They're busy being distracted by all of the technological things that we have, and they don't really realize it, that the devil is eating our children. The devil is perverting things on this earth, and it's right before our spiritual eyes, but our carnal eyes sometimes don't even see it. And it begins with us. It begins with me. It begins with my authority, my power, my dominion. In Jesus' name, I pray for every single person. Lord, that we declare the mind of Christ to be active. We declare that mind to be renewed to the things of God, to know the perfect will of God. We declare that as we commit ourselves to you, our thoughts will be established. We decree it. I bind the work of the devil off of every mind, and I loose the healing power of God into that mind in Jesus' name. Now, I want us to all make this confession because it's the Word of God, and it'll change your life if you let it be a discipline. I believe, I believe. if I will commit my life to the Lord and seek Him first in everything that I do, He will establish my thoughts.